Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. consciousness when one of your apps reminds you that you have a blood donation tomorrow on April 17th when it's May 1st and speaking of May 1st today would be my two-year anniversary since I was released from the psych ward I don't remember the exact date I was released from the psych ward two years ago but pretty sure I was out of there by May 1st and I think I can't remember if I was out of the step down from the hospital or if that was mid-May I think it was early May so it's about two years now since I've been hospitalized and it's been a long and difficult at times journey Yesterday, I got my heart math device in the mail, and it uses an app called Inner Balance. It's much like the Complete Coherence app, but prettier, I guess, and perhaps a little easier to use, because for the Complete Coherence app, I use a chest strap. so takes a second to strap that around my chest and this device you plug into your phone they also have a Bluetooth one but I thought the plug-in was a bit easier and and then you clip it to your ear and I did buy an ear clip heart rate monitor a cheap one and it was crap it didn't really work with the complete coherence app so I think I'll keep that. I've noticed that my body has been in a lot of calm breathing the last few days, even though I've felt a little bit like tiptoey and distressed. I think since listening to Practicing the Power of Now, that's helped. But I also noticed in the last three days, yesterday and the two days before that, I only had, I think it was three minutes of tense breathing or five minutes or something between all three days. So that shows me that when I'm alone by myself, doing my own thing in my office, I'm not tense. And I think when I'm alone by myself in general, I'm not tense. So the tension is partly in interacting with the world and others, which can't be avoided. And I noticed the Friday, the day I had more tension, I 
was around a certain person that I was around a few people and I'm pretty sure I can pick out the person that I would have been picking up the tension from. And I have my earthing shoe attachment on. And I've been doing the flow eating style. Apple in hand, perfectly designed for apple in hand. And I have my magical backpack. I cleaned the slobber off of it. And now I have my water straw in it, like you can drink from a river if you need. And I have my EMF meter, my heart coherence device, I have my cardia device. I don't have my muse, but it'd be cool to take the biofeedback into nature. And also, I got an email from Muse, and they have a new app out that is called Muse Direct, I think. I think it's probably much like Muse Monitor. You can buy it for $4 a month or $24 a year. So I'll probably try it for $4 a month and see if it gives different information than Muse Monitor. Because I do like looking at the raw data, even though I don't understand it. Because I feel like my brain is looking at itself. And by just looking at it, it might build its own understanding. Sort of like when it sees that it is a certain way in certain situations, it could learn how to adapt. Possibly. Just like how, since I've been wearing this Spire device, I haven't been like consciously trying to do anything different. But I don't breathe as tense now when I'm driving. For sure. So my body is learning sort of subconsciously without my conscious control just by having it on and seeing the notifications that I'm calm or tense and it's also it is leading to different conscious well, supposed conscious choices in what I do outwardly physically like sit down and color like I've been coloring more because I breathe calm I was breathing calm but I'm not doing it to breathe calm but just sort of noticing myself pick more calming activities instead of filling a whole day straight with doing research 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 or being on the computer I'll sit down color for a while and then I noticed calm breathing with listening to practicing the power of now also calm breathing using the heart math device so it's cool to have sort of backup information confirming that the device is helpful. So the heart math thing, if I'm using it saying, oh yeah, you're breathing in coherence, woohoo. Well, the spire also says I'm breathing calm. So it's like having double confirmation, not only relying on the heart math device to say, hey, you're breathing in coherence, but it's corroborated by the spire. So I'm liking that. And I think eventually I won't need these types of devices. If I was in like a magical land where there was like lots of raw, fresh, whole food and beautiful forest and ocean and river, I wouldn't need these things to test this out. So 
I think it'll help me to guide me towards a life scaffolding that works in such a way that I can kind of just throw out these devices or give them away. And maybe these videos will help someone be like, okay, well, if I invest a couple hundred dollars and get these few biofeedback devices, they're gonna help me help my body train itself to not breathe tense when driving, to remember to breathe, like situations that we can't avoid 100% all the time, and then notice ones that we can avoid, or be more mindful, like I couldn't avoid that, but afterwards I can do some calm stuff and have different biometrics to back that up. Because one thing with this whole up and down of energy is that one is very sensitive to stress and I've seen that lately especially. The stress or subtle violence really shuts my brain down and I go into past patterns and it reinforces the ego being afraid and retracting and and the human being inside stopping sparkling and shining and that is actually poisonous to oneself and to one's own path but the thing is one can get it back really quick so it's not like oh my gosh it's over it's whoa that was that was like falling off a cliff now I have to wait for my brain to heal itself to feel willing and able to go out and and try again and I got those earmuffs in the mail and they're a little tight like I can see they need to be tight to work but they feel like they squash my head a bit but they might be okay for short-term situations like if a vacuum cleaner is running or something like that just to pop them on and I also got the anti-radiation bag for my phone which will be helpful once I go and do other nature-y type things not expose nature to that radiation and I also got the D-serine in the mail which Dr. Peter Smith said is good for psychosis so I'm going to add that to my list of supplements or my box of supplements that are for the crisis but kind of seen more clearly a lot of things lately like how certain triggers will derail me for a couple of days I don't know if there's anything I can do that but I can make the derailment just my own there's a little path here so not if I'm triggered by violence or something, not perpetuating that by responding, but just sort of going into my own inner process and spending time outside. And even if I'm outside and kind of like depressed and in ego past stuff, that's better than making more drama by interacting with people. So... So I'm wondering if I will be derailed for a long period of time. 
and I don't want to be silly and pretend like it's not going to happen. But I'm also seeing the intelligence of taking a lot of different supplements to mitigate that and calm the brain down. Because the brain gets reactive and then it's all stressed and tense and then it wants to alleviate that by creating what that state of mind is or confirming that it's true. So if I'm triggered about something in the past, it's not happening now, but the brain almost makes it so it will happen now again to confirm that reality and, and perpetuate it. But I don't want to perpetuate it. I want to mitigate it. And I've been pondering a little bit about compassion and not responding to hate with hate or violence with violence. And I think that's something typical of this energy of so-called bipolars. When one experiences violence, one goes into like a PTSD reaction and can be very reactive, responding really strongly. But that doesn't make things better. But it's almost impossible not to. It's so automatic. But then it ends up hurting me in the long run or derailing me. So I'm wondering if there's a way to see that nothing could have happened differently, which one can understand intellectually. But can one really see that and then not respond to that which has continuity that wants to continue? And I was listening to talk six between Dr. David Bowman and Krishnamurti in the ending of time series and Krishnamurti brought up the question of why do we respond to hate with hate and it sort of relates to where I'm at right now. So I still do feel protective because I feel like I could respond to that with hate and I also feel like certain people might ask me and question me about my change in behavior to sort of some avoidance. And then that questioning of the change since I've been diagnosed with a mental illness could be like, oh, something's wrong. But the mental illness is responding with violence. It's not changing behavior rapidly. But this energy wants this violence to continue. And I'm talking right now like I'll be able to stay out of that and I don't know if that's possible. But I'm just wondering because with that mini crisis I was able to see it really clearly. And it's funny because when I was taking the micronutrients I was hoping I'd be able to see things clearly and be able to navigate it, but that wasn't the case. It happened and it happened worse because, because I was able to see things more clearly. It wasn't like all this weird, chaotic, incomprehensible psychosis. It was, it was comprehensible as to what has led to a lot of this, but a lot of even knowing that, it's like nothing can be done about that. So then where does that leave one? 
especially if his one is surrounded by people that were part of co-creating that, which they couldn't help, nobody can. So it's this weird thing to somehow be able to let it go. But then I feel like I fear that if I let it go so completely, then others who think they know me won't recognize me. Because part of what I feel is happening in this process of so-called bipolar is one is going into higher vibrations of consciousness, but that makes the individual being unrecognizable, almost unseeable, to those who were a part of that being's conditioning growing up. It's like we can only exist as those around us know us for their own comfort because if we change, they have to change too. They, they have to change their response to us. But when we get yelled at and things like that, it makes us regress when we respond in kind, which is unkind. So I, I've kind of reached this point where I don't know if I can be around beings that can't see me in new ways or can see me. The ones that can see me in new ways are the ones that are better because otherwise I could be subject to these really rapid changes in consciousness in order to confirm who I was. And then part of me fears that I'll just disappear to others. Like if I really decided that I wanted to be who I am, that I would literally die in the reality of those who can't see me that way. And keep going on my merry way unbeknownst to them so I don't know if that's true per se but like physically die but the last two days I spent some time going through a bunch of the papers that I have and I have so many I had two big file boxes full of papers and I have binders full and books and I sort of grabbed the ones that resonated with me now to sort of review and look at when I'm in a higher state of consciousness if I read anything my brain just extrapolates more and it creates too much information so I can't really read but I'm finding right now the bits that I was reading that didn't happen because I'm in a slower mode of consciousness and it was helpful just certain reminders I do feel that it's probably not necessary but probably it feels helpful to go over some of these things and just read a few 
resonant resources that I have in these boxes. So there's quite a few and I have a bit more sorting to do. It'll take forever to go through all of that and I don't know if I will, but I think using the resources I've collected and picking some of my own, like one day I imagine people picking out the own, their own resources that would help them. So I did that for myself and just picked out some things to read and go over related to what could be helpful now. So here's some of the biofeedback data at the end. So I don't have to go through and listen to where I have to pop it into the other spots in this. Um, I did a Muse monitor recording in my brain. I think it was yesterday because I'm really hearing that sound a lot when I'm indoors. It's quite loud. People would probably call that a hallucination, but it's a certain frequency. It does sound kind of like 54 hertz. So it looked, it looks like my temporal lobes and the AF8 are quite overactive. And I was looking to, at some of my brain recordings in the past, and it's quite different. And also the three days of Spire, and now three and a half, where I've had like two or four minutes of tense breathing total. Whereas the days before that, it was like 55 minutes. So that's a like a quite a substantial increase. You know, 55 minutes, that's like a thousand percent increase. It might be a small percentage of the day, but the spire only tracks certain intervals of focus, calm, and tense. And that's a small part of the day that it tracks a lot of times. It's just normal breathing. So for it to show that big of a difference is pretty huge. And then last night I slept over 12 hours having these supplements to knock me out and just allow me to sleep in total darkness is really helpful for my brain to rest and regenerate. That's something that I would have to induce by taking extra meds. When I was working at that warehouse on nights, I would take trazodone and, and extra antipsychotics to knock myself out to be able to sleep all day. But I'm sleeping a lot, but it's good. The cool thing is, usually when I'm sleeping a lot and knocking myself out with the psych meds, the days go by really slow but fast, like I feel like I can't do anything so I end up just sitting and watching Netflix, but I have a really good long restful sleep. I feel kind of tired and a bit lethargic during the day, but I'm still able to do stuff. It's like, since my brain's not being poisoned, it's still able to do stuff and my felt sense of time passing isn't like oh, there's only 10 hours today, so there's nothing I can do. I'll just watch TV. Like, I feel like I can't do anything. I can still, I still feel like I can do lots. Even though I might only be up for 11 hours, it still feels like a really long day with lots being done. Versus a really long day that feels too short to do anything, but it feels long just watching Netflix. 
So it's interesting. I think there really is something to sedating the brain with nutrients. And I think that's what I wanted to go into a little bit ago when I was talking about how when one is triggered and derailed for a few days or even a few minutes, what comes into consciousness when I was talking about how the brain wants to recreate that, like it gets triggered and goes into the past and sort of wants to recreate the past in order to confirm its brain state is real. Since one can't really convince oneself otherwise by any kind of action, because one's brain state sort of almost co-creates what how people will act around one. But one can take supplements to tranquilize the brain and make it realize that it's fine. That past stuff isn't happening and then it just calms down. And that's what people do when they take meds. But this way at least it's not poisonous. I couldn't find that website I found that listed each individual brain frequency in hertz and gave a definition about what it meant. Even though it probably was pseudoscience, it was still really interesting. Kind of want to know what 43 hertz means. You can see a bit of a peak there. This is my first session with the Inner Balance app with the Heart Math breathing coherence device that clips on your ear. It is a lot prettier than the complete coherence app.
I tried it again, but this time I put it in three out of four stars difficulty. It's kind of cool, you can collect points. Quite pretty. And look at this, over three days, only five minutes total tense breathing. And look at all that calm when I spend time with me, myself, and I. And lots of focus too. And I wonder if there is such a thing as learning psychologically. And I don't know if there is. I'm feeling now that one can observe clearly and directly. And when one sees that psychological stuff coming at one, one does nothing. Just observes it. So I'm seeing this whole kind of stoic demeanor as being valuable, possibly. Not in that one is ignoring things that are possible so-called problems, but the seeing clearly of it and negating it. I'm not sure if that's what compassion is. The words I was exploring, because I seem to love words, I have all these books and papers and things. Compassion, communication, energy, vibration, consciousness. Can one communicate oneself into a different dimension?
and I got a new iPhone keyboard. I don't know why I didn't do this earlier because whenever I type, I don't really see the keys very well. I don't have good focal vision. I see with my peripheral vision too. So now I have a swipe keyboard and I kind of like it. I just saw a happy, joyful sign. A lady with a cat on a leash. And the cat likes to walk through this park. So that's just awesome. Maybe my whole dog energy has now been, been processed. And there's the cutest cat. I would have taken a picture, but I didn't ask. Someone was walking by and I was like this. They probably thought I was smoking weed. Except, there's no smoke. It's just love. I got an article on the Sound Wellness website newsletter and it was talking about something that I already intuitively know, which is that every cell of our body is affected by sound. It's not just the hearing, the subjective hearing of it the vibration of the noise it affects every cell in our body and that's why I feel I'm so intolerant to the sound of noise like news and oof, it just messes with every cell in my body and it's the violence of it that just stops my brain from working so I need to remember to blow this whistle more to mitigate some of that. Oh, little being, you're safe with me. Look how cute you are. Find you a nice tree. Look 
go ahead. There you go. That's more appropriate environment. When I was walking, I thought to calibrate my current level of consciousness using Dr. David Hawkins' scale of consciousness. And I did muscle testing, which is sort of feeling a strong or weak muscle response based on the question asked. And I've done it a few times before and it doesn't let me test. It just, everything is strong no matter what I do but it allowed me to ask what my current level of consciousness is. And I asked, I said, above 300, above 400, above 500, above 600, weak, above 550, weak, above 540, strong, above 541, weak. So was it 541? Yeah. And then I checked on the chart and that is the level of joy. I don't know if I truly feel like I'm at the level of joy right now, but perhaps if certain elements weren't sort of dragging me down, I'd probably be enlightened by now. And then I asked the level of consciousness of this park, and I did the same thing, above 350, above 400, above 360, is it 353 by that process, 353, and that the level of acceptance 
And it's funny because 541, joy is at 540, so I'm just above the threshold of joy. And acceptance is at 350, and it, the park's at 353, which is just a little bit above the level of accept, acceptance. Below that is willingness. And then I calibrated my current living situation, and it's it's 191, which is kind of like the level of pride and just above anger, which doesn't surprise me. And so don't think that's the greatest environment for me in terms of level of consciousness. And I don't know if that's true. It's just something I tried to see what would happen. Inspire just told me that I have 94 minutes active for the day. And now I'm going to try to do some of that device, the heart math device. So this is the device, pretty simple. You just clip it on your ear. And then you plug it in. And they also have a Bluetooth one coming out. I don't know if it's available yet. So I'm going to plug this in and do some inner balance app coherence breathing. So I did an EKG outside and it looked, I don't know if it looks any different than before. And so I was also trying to do it while laying on the grass with my arms on the grass. And it was pretty much showing that there was interference. So it seems like the electricity of the earth does influence the EKG, which makes me wonder if it influences the heart. So I didn't really get a good reading and I don't know what I was trying to accomplish here, but basically it wouldn't show a proper EKG of the heart if I was connected to the earth. Maybe there's a lot of healing energy here. Maybe the EKG as it is normally is what the heart rhythm looks like when we're disconnected from the earth. Again, the earth interfering with the EKG. I'm not sure about that. feels good, right? You gonna take off? Have a good video of one of your friends taking off. Wait. Wait, I need to balance.
going for a snooze then. I don't know what it looks like on the video, but on my screen it looks shimmery and holographic. This is the Cardia device. I don't know if I showed it yet. You just put two fingers on each thing and it measures your heartbeat. I've been trying to do this thing where I'm seeing if being connected to the earth affects the heartbeat and it does interfere with the recording. I remember when I was first in that altered state experience years ago, those particular birds would drive me nuts because it sounded like cuckoo, cuckoo, and I thought I was going nuts.
came to rest right on my macro lens, so I took it off. He's taking a nap. I think he's trying to fly. I don't think he's ever flown before. I'm trying to fly too, little buddy. Tried so hard to spread your wings. Only you can do it, no one can do it for you. I'll just hang out here with you for a while. He's still sleeping and I gotta go home because I don't have any food. It's time to wake up, little guy. I gotta go. I gotta go. You're supposed to get off my little macro lens. There you go. rollerblading and I brought my EMF sensor meter that goes up to 30, 30 mil, milligauss and I'm near these power lines and I'll show you how bad it is here. See that? 30 really high. Electric fields are like this way, this way, and then this way. So this way isn't too bad, but this direction is really bad, and this direction. Right next to a school, and this is where they often put lovely, leisurely pedestrian walkways this uninhabitable space.
Mucho burrito. Mmm. Last night, I had trouble sleeping. It was the same sort of thing where my heart starts beating. Last night, I couldn't sleep. I had that heart pounding very rhythmically thing going on. And then it sort of went And usually that's accompanied with some kind of fear or some kind of something. Like when I came back from California, I was accompanied by this fear and this stuff going on in my brain. But this time there was no fear but it was definitely the same sort of thing. So I'm wondering if the fear has decoupled from that. And so I wonder if now I can die or have that experience of death, which I feel that it is, without making some kind of psychologically fearful story. It's just the brain dying something dying. It's not really a personal phenomenon. So what's interesting too is before it happened I saw more of that magical trail. I saw it again. Same trail but this time it was twice as long like I had walked like I'd walked on it and then looked back or something like that. It was really strange. It was the exact same place. And so this morning, I didn't take any tyrosine dopamine booster. So I'm wondering if I'll need to stop boosting dopamine in order to not have this sort of death experience happen. I'm not sure because it could be something that happens after I get a glimpse of this magical place. So I had to get up and take more supplements than the regular dose. I had to take more sunflower lecithin. I only took one zinc at bedtime, so I took the other zinc. It might have been all I took. And the thing was, I was feeling so tired, like I didn't want to get up and take the other supplements, but I did.
And yesterday I bought the Muse Direct app and it might have showed me something new. It shows me that there's a lot of gamma rays or gamma waves, sorry, coming from my right brain. It's from the right side of the brain and it's from the frontal lobe, not the back. And that's what these couple of screen recordings show. And I wrote in my calendar for tomorrow, beware of a crisis tomorrow, because it's been two weeks since I've started having kind of that body pain and that really loud noise. Oddly enough, when I'm outside, I don't hear that really loud noise, so being outside a lot is good. I did rollerblade that trail. There and back only takes about 40 or 50 minutes. Last time I took two hours because I went down this big hill, plus I sort of moseyed along. But I'm noticing that I'm quite tired. My body is physically tired, so I'm in my favorite park, laying around, and at some point I'll get up and go for a walk. And that's my day so far. I just talked to a man in this trail, and he was telling me that there are Bigfoot in the trail. And that they met them, he met them three years ago and he told them three important things and he was going on about different meanings and different places where there's Bigfoot and you know he kind of reminded me of myself when I was in that space of meaning and I recognized the message. I wouldn't say that I would resonate with Bigfoot telling me those types of messages but saying the same kind of things that I've felt at certain times over the years. Just to make sense out of it, we gotta say it in some kind of way, so this way it makes a lot of sense. Whether it's Bigfoot telling us that we need to get our act together and not destroy nature, which is kind of what he was saying, or some angel or some sparkly ghost 
you know, there's something within us, something somewhere, here, now, everywhere, every when, telling us we gotta stop destroying the planet. And I was kind of walking through this forest thinking of that, and then the guy comes up to me and talks to me about that stuff. So, I respect his ability to be able to function and go on being passionate about the messages he was given. Like, I was given lots of messages, but I haven't been able to passionately go out there and share them with, you know, simple languaging that may not make sense to most people, except most people would probably think he's a little bit crazy, but I, I hear where the message is coming from. It doesn't really matter what the details are. You know, I could pick the messages I've, I've heard or had access to and make a story out of them too in order to be somewhat coherent. So, and it's interesting in terms of synchronicity because I had a counselor appointment today, intake, and at some point I blurted out that we are the combination of the five people we spend the most time with. And I don't know why I said that. I thought of it recently or re-remembered it because I heard it years ago. And she had a sticky note on her computer screen with that exact phrase there that she had written down, because I think she heard Eckhart Tolle say it. And I've been recently listening to Eckhart Tolle again to remind myself of the present moment. So it was just kind of a sign. And I said to her, well, that's synchronicity. I think it's kind of a sign that I resonate with her because she had that written there. That's a sign, right? For sure, it's a sign to keep going with that, possibly, and um, also after being in there for about an hour and 20 minutes, I had five minutes of calm breathing, no minutes of tense and no minutes of focus, so calm breathing after an hour, is five minutes of it is good, I think, so the spire tells me I'm comfortable, even though it's interesting because it was uncomfortable to talk about some things, so subjectively uncomfortable, but my breathing didn't show that I was uncomfortable. And that could be also that she's not uncomfortable with what I'm saying. So yeah, I think that was good. And I was able to speak in the way that I wanted to. Oh, and that guy I was talking with, or he was talking with me, he said, magic is your natural state. Besides the Bigfoot stuff, he was saying stuff that I would say to myself. And he was showing me Bigfoot's footprints. But hey, he very well could have seen Bigfoot. Um, I do feel that certain manifestations will only show themselves to certain beings at certain times. So, he did say there's YouTube channels showing these Bigfoots. But hey, I've seen the Matrix. I've seen a lot of weird stuff myself. Unexplainable stuff like blood on a red pepper. How did that get there? So, you know, this material world 
does not work the way that we think it does. That I am sure of. And especially now, since I'm seeing this magical golden dimension that is slowly revealing itself. And it kind of freaks my body out to travel there. Because when I come back, my heart races and it's almost like, yeah, I don't know what it's almost like. And I'm a little bit afraid of that magical dimension, though not as much. I'm a bit afraid of it because if I like that better, then what? I'm like, I want to go there. Forget this material existence. So that's the part that I fear about looking at that magic. Not that it's scary or anything. It looks very beautiful. I'm starting to think it's another planet or another dimension or not sure. I think this time it has its landing gear down and the other times I don't think it did but I'm not sure I did see it circle back this way one time so maybe it had to keep circling until its landing gear came down I bet I won't see it again, because that was the seventh time that it went by. I felt like I was in some kind of like time warp. So I was right, that plane stopped flying by. And I don't know if it was doing some kind of practice where it kept taking the path of the landing strip and then not landing and turning around and doing it again, or if they were having problems with their landing gear because I didn't see any other planes land in that time period and that plane went by like seven times and the first time I saw it I was thinking that's kind of a nice looking plane it's kind of blue and I noticed it didn't have its landing gear down even though it was going in for a landing because that's what planes do around here is they come in for a landing and then it just kept going by and I'm like is that a different plane the same brand or what the hell and then finally the last round it looked like it had landing gear down and I'm and then I thought, well, it's not going to go by again because it's going to land. And it did land. So, not sure if it was a landing gear thing or they're just going around in circles. I may never know, but I'm curious. And I've been listening to a lot of Eckhart Tolle stuff because I feel like I need to remind myself to be in the now and that could change a lot of things I feel kind of changed but also a little bit afraid because 
other people don't really like that, perhaps. So we'll see what happens there. I have to remember my affirmation. I'm a sparkly, shiny human being and I refuse to be convinced otherwise. And also, I'm seeing... I don't know if I can pull this off, but not talking to anybody about like inner psychological stuff. Because I don't know if it really exists. But it exists so that we continue these dramas with certain individuals. It's like part of the attachment. I don't really know. I'm subtly exploring that. And then getting to some point where I'm not even talking about it with myself and getting back to how I used to be a few years ago. I would buy healthy food, make healthy raw vegan food, and then go lay out in the sun all day. And there wasn't really much else to do. But I've created all these complex things to do because of this complicated inner process, but maybe ignoring it, not in terms of ignoring it, but negating it is way to go and yesterday I took a methylfolate because I'm reading this book called Dirty Genes and it talks about methylation and how a SNP in the MTHFR gene is bad but I remember I had my genetics my genetics tested I don't have a SNP in the MTHFR so I don't necessarily have methylation problems but what they were saying is that if you're having other genetic problems, then you could still technically have methylation problems, even if you don't have that SNP, because you don't really have the right nutrients to do the right genetic expression. So that kind of made sense. And so I took the methylfolate. I think Sam E is also a methylator, as well as, I'm not sure what else. But it seemed to kind of give me a boost. I was up to like 11.30 or something. So, good to know that those things could give me a boost if I'm feeling kind of low energy. But I don't need too much of a boost right now, I don't think. I'm okay. And it took me a while to sleep, but I did sleep in until like 10 o'clock. And so I had a good sleep. And I woke up feeling very like calm and in my body. And like when you wake up and you feel good and you feel like rested and you don't want to get out of bed, but not like in a bad way, just feeling really cozy in the body. That's how I felt. And last night when I was trying to fall asleep, it was hard at first and I had that jerk awake sensation a little bit, but then I went into having this dream where I was in a car in the passenger seat with an ex of mine and then we're driving, we drove up this thing and then all of a sudden there was this big truck that we couldn't see and it was like, it hit us and it's like making this sound and I was sort of like off to the side but the person that I was with was like getting kind of hit and I didn't know if like their legs were going to be cut off or what and I don't usually dream but I was sensing that instead of going into awake dreaming like trying to fall asleep and then jerking awake and having like psychosis stuff which is like dream subconscious unconscious stuff come up the body was falling into falling asleep and going into a sleep dreaming 
So I think that could have been good. It's like my body learning how to, to dream again while sleeping instead of dreaming, which is sometimes a nightmare, while awake. And I didn't see that magical land. So it was like, I'm not awake and seeing this magical dreamland. When I was supposed to be falling asleep, I went into kind of having a nightmare, but at least falling asleep. Which, it'd be nice for nightmares to be reserved for sleep time and not come into play in daily life and mess it up. When those things aren't happening now, it's like nightmares while awake. So, and then I had another dream that I little bit remember and I was like doing this little lyrical dance in front of one of my friends and I don't really dance and so it was like this sign of being comfortable or something and when I was looking through all my resources I found this resource on like tracking dreams and I don't really remember dreams but I think it could be a good sign that my brain was going into dreaming instead of remote viewing or astral travel it's like no I need to go to sleep Thank you. Those are all magical, wonderful things. But my brain needs sleep. So, yeah, it was good to sleep. Feels good to lay out here and be connected to the earth. Yesterday, when I got home, it smelled like meat, so I burned some sage. Had a kombucha. I was listening to some talks online by Kristen Neff about self-compassion. And... I was pretty full still from that burrito and I was editing my rollerblading video and some other like the video with the worm and the ladybug and the bee and I had all this tense breathing I probably had three minutes tense breathing that day up until that point and then from like 8 o'clock on I had like 40 minutes of tense breathing so I don't know what that was about I'm wondering if it was one of those things I mentioned or if it was being home after being out, just sort of hanging out in nature all day, that sort of difference, or picking up the tense breathing of others in response to me being home, or it could have been the incense. It could have been in a bad way making me breathe tense, or it could have been in a way of like smelling it, like liking it. Maybe I was like, <laughs> so it makes me seem like I'm breathing tense when really I'm enjoying the smell of the burnt sage. I'm not sure. So I could test that again by burning sage again and seeing if that happens. Cause there'd be different other conditions perhaps. I think it was that I was enjoying burning the sage. So to not have those erroneous readings I might want to take the spire device off if I burn sage because I think I like it but I don't know if that was it 
but it was just interesting that all of a sudden there was all this tense breathing. It was intense, like incense. I wonder if you can hear the sound of all the insects. Turn it up. What's nice is that I can't hear that Schumann resonance type sound in my brain or everywhere. Like I can hear when I'm inside. It's like, it's especially loud lately. I can hear it as soon as I get inside. It's almost like the sound of silence, but it's pretty noisy. It's almost like the sound of my brain bouncing off the walls. But out here there's no container. So that sound, like a sonar, perhaps helps me hear everything better. And I've been watching a couple of videos on self-compassion. And even though I don't know about this whole concept of self in general, but I feel like this concept of self-compassion could be helpful in that. I feel like when I interact with individuals who have an image of me who would then want to call into existence a behavior of mine to confirm that image they have of me that they're projecting towards me to confirm that they're right about who I am instead of enacting that behavior I could create space to bring attention back to my own being and not act in that way that they're wanting It's like they need that behavior of mine as nourishment for their self. And it feels like being controlled in a way. And I feel like I've been able to distance myself over a few days, but I also feel like by distancing myself, I'm creating the possible danger of someone yelling at me in order for me to behave in a different way or the way they want to bring me back into that type of relationship which is the only way others know how to relate but I feel like I need to take responsibility for relating in a different way and I'm able to say that calmly right now but I don't know if that will be maintained but that's where self-compassion comes in because when I had that experience of pain the other day and it sort of lasted a couple days and it's still there in the background if I bring the awareness back to myself and self-compassion like yes I'm feeling this pain and watching that whole thing unfold inwardly as opposed to acting out the behavior outwardly to help the other person get their confirmation that they want 
it sucks to have to take on that pain inwardly, but it's almost like not entertaining that at all. So arising, instead of the self arising as the self that the other would want to know me as again, I can perhaps arise as a self, which is self-compassion. And I don't think that we really need a self at all, but I'm seeing that certain ways of communicating and with certain levels of consciousness, it creates the, the sensation of a self and it's a painful self when one is sort of in the now and then all of a sudden out of the now controlled by like a marionette by another person's words and actions and then playing into that drama mirroring that drama so self-compassion would be arising as a self that doesn't mirror that drama so I'm gonna see if I can manifest that I don't know it would be nice to not need a self at all but it seems that one does need a self because one would want to react in drama to protect the self so the self arises as self-protection self-preservation which then confirms to the other that one is still that way but perhaps one can arise as self-compassion I don't know because in that moment it might be hard to have compassion for the other who is acting in that way to try to get a reaction as nu as nutrient. But one can have compassion for oneself when one is feeling the pain of the ripples of 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 all of that. So like if there's a certain event that happens and one escapes reacting and then one feels the ripples of all of that untangling within oneself it's because that same thing has happened probably a thousand times in one's life and so one feels the pain of like the thousand or a hundred thousand times of communicating that way and then one really feels like wow I really don't want to communicate that way because it creates all this pain accumulated pain that then I have to feel because I'm aware of it So perhaps feeling it, and I think that's what derails a person partly who's in this bipolar energy is that it's all this pain and, and then one reacts and then one feels the pain of that reaction but of every single time it's happened, not just that one time because one was in a space of creativity and no mind. So when the mind comes back online, it's really painful. So... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then along with that is if people start questioning me about, are you fine? Are you okay? Like, I'll mm, just be like, yeah, fine. Because any other thing is drama and that's just going to create the drama. One is not going to get in a response that one wants at all. So having compassion for those who, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, but others make it so it seems like a self needs to arise. So instead of arising as self-reaction, arises self-compassion. And part of that is not 
going into psychological drama. Just, I'm going to talk less to people. At least I'm going to experiment with that. At least I think I'm going to experiment with that. So one could perhaps stay in a present moment creative space if there weren't these memes of the past calling at one to provoke one to react. And I think it's part of it, learning not to react, because, you know, I've had some really painful states in so-called psychosis, where, like, awful things going through me, and I refused to act on any of it, or react to any of it. You know, I just sort of, like, sit there, lay there, and wait it out. And it's really painful, but it's not like I'm going to take on that pain and, and transfer it to somebody else by acting out violent things to the point where I thought something violent was going to happen to me and I'm like, fine, just come and kill me, I don't care I'm not doing anything so I think that's sort of perhaps passing a little bit of a test of the universe but then that same thing is happening on a daily basis on a smaller scale and that's the thing that I'm noticing now and Perhaps learning how to communicate non-violently. But then there's a thing where one feels like one has been hurt. And that has messed up relationships. And is one truly forgiving? Or is one pretending? Or is one protecting by pretending? Or is one trying to tiptoe one's way out of a situation? Or if one tiptoes one's way out of a situation, will just something happen to bring one back into it? Like I could think, oh, I'm so strong, I'm going to go get my own space and my own place and work and then just fall apart and not be able to afford the place and be able to, and be right back where I started, but worse. Because then I just showed that I can't do it. So there's a lot of different fears there. And that's partly why I need to remember to... Take it easy this month, even though I'm tempted to get more work, but take it easy. Go on that retreat and see how it goes with navigating with these supplements because if I make it past eight and a half months and I'm still doing okay and navigating with these supplements, then maybe I can work more now. Maybe I've learned stuff. Or I can, I don't know. We'll see. I just, <clears throat> I just have to be careful and and remember, I'm still working on trying to navigate with these supplements, tranquilizing my brain when needed, tranquilizing my brain to fall asleep, perhaps learning how to fall asleep, learning how to dream, so that I don't have to live waking nightmares or or waking beautiful fantasy lands that are flavored with gold. I don't want to get too enticed by that. Holy crap, holy, look at the size of that rock. 
rock is ginormous. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.